Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Bridge the Gap, Connecting Business Perspectives with your hosts, myself, Colton Cockrell, and Tricia Stetzel. Our goal is to bridge the generational, gender, and life experience gap in business through our unique styles of gathering information from our guests. Now let's get it started. All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Colton Cockrell. It is season three of Bridge the Gap, my second episode, Trisha's first episode. But anyway, let's get ready to podcast. I am so pumped. We got a special guest today, and I am excited. I already told Trisha I'm probably going to be talking a ton today. Um, But anyway, enough about me. Not really, because I got to tell you who I am. Colton Cockrell, I'm a certified financial fiduciary and an independent financial advisor with Share McKinley Group. Now, enough about me. Let's talk about my lovely co host, Miss Trisha Stetzel. Trisha, season three. Hey, Colton, thank you. And I should not have left you alone last week. I'm just saying you're having way too much fun. Actually, it's been for the last two weeks. Hey, everybody, Trisha Stetzel here, Results Extreme Business Solutions. And I too am super excited about this guest. I think I brought him on the show kicking and screaming. I'm just kidding. I think he really is excited to be here. And we're so excited to have him. And it's going to be a great discussion. So Jason Caldwell, my friend from Weather and Water Inc., is a professional engineer, professional hydrologist, and certified consulting meteorologist. Jason started his career as a meteorologist after his bachelor's and master's degrees from University of Louisiana Monroe and North Carolina State, respectively. So, Jason enjoys the complexity of machine learning and statistics, cloud computing, and web-based tools, but he is most committed to making a difference on the ground with reliable data and models to serve the flood community. Jason, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you guys for having me today. Colton, how about all that? Was that a mouthful or what? That, that, and that's, that's really cool. That's um, very, very unique. Uh, profession for sure. And so I guess this is kind of a, I'm joking when I ask this question, but I'm sure (laughs) some people are probably thinking this who are listening. So so tell me what TV station are you on? Where, where are you behind that green screen in front of it, pointing at all the, the cities and the, all that good stuff, the cold fronts, I can just see you just moving your hands in such a elegant way, showing weather patterns. Tell me what station are you with? So, well, Colton, I'm actually not on a uh, television station. I, I tried that once upon a time when I was in college and did an internship one summer and decided that I was very poor at doing things backward in front of a green screen. Um, so uh, I found out that I was much better at doing statistics and writing programs and, and but at the same time really uh, loved the weather. Um, so I decided to go into engineering instead, uh, much later, later on in life. I, I and, love and that. So, so, wait, Colton, I'm going to butt in here. <laughs> Is it's like, you guys wouldn't understand this, but the ladies who are listening would, it's like trying to braid your hair in the mirror, right? <laughs> I could see Jason trying to point at the right spot on the green screen. It sounds very difficult. And we're glad that you're not on TV. We're glad that you are who you are and you're doing what you're doing because this is, man, the data that you provide, uh, I think is so important to the rest of the community. 
right? Um, and, and the rest of even our state, I think that could be so important. So you must love Jason being wrong all the time, like the weatherman, right? Oh yeah, that's actually one of my, my favorite parts of the job is that I get to be wrong. Um, almost always, um, at least somewhat wrong. So, but it's also one of the reasons why I do what I do because it's the, it's the challenge um, that's out there in order to try to provide the best forecast information for folks to go about their day, whether they're driving to work um, and having to deal with flooded roads or if they're trying to decide what to put on for work in the morning uh, before they send the kids out the door. Uh, it's, it's always a challenge. It's, it's the most fun part of meteorology. And so really, let, let's, let's take a step back because I'm sure a lot of people are like, okay, meteorology, okay. Some people probably think it has to do with meteors. That's totally not it. That's way off, <laughs> off track. But meteorology, why don't you explain really what that is and the science behind it so people can get a good foundation? All right. Well, well, meteorology is, is the study of the science uh, related to how weather occurs. So um, it, it has to do with uh, some really simple physics uh, type relationships. Um, you know, hot air rises, um, those, those kind of, of relationships. But, uh, but that's really what meteorology is all about, learning the science of weather. Uh, and being able to convert that science into um, computer programs uh, so that you can actually forecast uh, into the future. And we've really only become good at that for like the last uh, maybe 25 to 30 years. Yeah, you know, I've always thought about that, how interesting it is. Like back in the day, you know, even look at Galveston back in the early 1900s, right? Whenever, whenever that huge hurricane or storm came in, like no one knew what was coming. It just came and you, hopefully you were ready for it, you know? So it's interesting now that we can somewhat forecast, regardless if we don't know what direction it's going, we still know it's there, which is very helpful um, and really cool. Yeah. yeah so, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jason. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, one of the, one of the very first weather studies that I did uh, in elementary school was on weather folklore, things like red sky at night, sailor's delight, um, you know, which is, which was the way sailors in the, in the old days actually determined that the dry air was, was already off to their east. And so when the sun came up, it would turn the sky red, right? And uh, so they knew that wet weather was likely on its way. Um, and there's a multitude of those. Well, that's so really that's inter cool. That's interesting. <laughs> Yeah. So when we talk about, and Jason, you and I have had a, a small conversation about Hurricane Harvey, right? And that, that is one of the, one of the reasons why you're so passionate about uh, what you do just in the last few years. Uh, but is flooding really become, can be becoming more severe due to climate change? Uh, well, I think related to climate change, it depends on which side of the spectrum uh, you're on. Um, global warming definitely occurs. We've seen it historically um, in, in the historical data. Um, whether or not flooding is directly attributed to, to climate change is really up, up for question. Part of the reason why we have worse floods now than we did years ago is the fact that we've had massive amounts of development, for example, in Houston, 
places out in western parts of Houston, uh, Katy, Sugarland, that area that used to be rice fields and, and other agricultural land are now you know, massive subdivisions. And so um, as water falls from the sky on all this concrete, it runs off more quickly. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, ways that we need to try to capture that water and slow it down from getting to, to certain areas. And so part of it's due to the fact that we're growing as a population uh, exponentially worldwide. Um, but, but also uh, we have seen more frequent, really uh, large events. I can honestly say as a meteorologist, I didn't know if I would ever see uh, a storm that dropped three feet plus of rainfall over such a huge area, um, you know, in seven days time here in the Houston area with Harvey. But then two years later, we see uh, tropical storm Imelda hit Beaumont with 50 inches of rain and about 35 of that fell, um, you know, in, in the half of a day. Uh, it, it is definitely brings the question on whether or not we're seeing trends in, in having more severe rainfall events um, that are not only uh, bigger than we've seen historically, but also exacerbated by some of the uh, development that we're seeing out there. So it's a combination of both. And so that really leads me kind of, I guess, into my next question is, why do you think that is? Why do you think that weather is getting more, um, I guess it's happening more often than not, I should say? So, well, I mean, we go through cyclic patterns um, historically. So a lot of people choose to use climate variability um, as the term, as opposed to climate change, just from the political aspects of that word. Um, and so we, we tend to go through these cycles of, of increased, um, you know, rainfall events. Um, for example, uh, if anyone listening's from Colorado, they'll know about the Colorado River Compact and the way water rights are done out there. And that particular law was set into place during the wettest two decades out of over 300 years of paleo records. Um, and they decided how much water had had to be given to different states based on the wettest 20 year period in history. And so they're revisiting that uh, now and revisit it regularly. Um, as we've seen this year, there's been a lot of issues on water on the Rio Grande uh, down on the Mexico border. I, I know I'm like, I'm blown away by all of this information. And Colton, I was trying to bring, you know, bridging the gap to the conversation. And the thing that kept going through my head is I'm twice as old as you. So I've experienced twice as much weather. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm also like, okay, do young people go to the beach and old people don't like how, you know, <laughs> like the, what does the weather? Yeah. Well, and I, I think, I think for me, like I love weather. I remember the the science class that I went through and, you know, we talked about the clouds and the meteorology that you see on TV. I mean, that's really the education that I got, but I've always loved the weather. And I've, I'm a Texas girl. So I grew up in Dallas, which is tornado alley. And that was always an interesting uh, thing for me. So I don't know, Colton, if you're as into weather as I am, but this conversation is awesome. Jason, I'm so glad you're here with us today. All right. So I'm, I'm, I'm totally going to, and this is not my random question, Trisha, because it does pertain, but I'm just curious. Um, Jason, let's see how much you know about weather. What are the three types of clouds? Three types of clouds. 
Cumulus, Cirrus, and Stratus. Okay, well, there's probably, there probably are, more. There are that. many other types of clouds. Yeah, <laughs> I was just testing you. I was going back to my uh, my high school. There, there's high school an entire encyclopedia of uh, cloud atlas uh, by the World Meteorology Organization. I could only imagine. So, Jason, let's talk what really is at the forefront of your heart, right? And this is the automation of the data and being able to take that data and bridge the gap, if you will, uh, between the engineers and the data gathering and the people who actually use that. So talk to me a little bit about what it is, how you insert yourself as kind of the guy who's bringing it all together. Yeah. Well, I think one of the, the interesting things that really has to do with Bridge the Gap is that we historically only had observations from the ground, right? Uh, just like Colton was talking about, you know, folks didn't really know the storm was coming until it started pouring rain, the wind started picking up, um, because you only have measurements on, on things like ships or, or on land-based areas, and as Technology has gotten better over the years, um, particularly in the last two to three decades. We have radar uh, that you see on TV every night that tells you where the heavy thunderstorms are. We have satellite imagery that shows uh, where the clouds are. And all of that information is used in a myriad of different um, data out there. And, and recently, I guess the last 10 years, what's really cool is that we've come lots of folks have become data scientists, which is really kind of how I classify myself nowadays. Um, and, and the fact of using the statistics that we have out there to process these massive amounts of data that are available globally uh, in order to turn that information into stuff that people can use to make decisions, whether that's how much rain has fallen in the last five hours and being able to alert people uh, to get them out of harm's way for floods, um, to uh, you know, tornado warnings uh, and other things that the National Weather Service um, kind of predominantly issues for folks. That's really interesting. <laughs> so, so then let me let me ask you this because I, I just have to. Um, Trish is like, oh gosh, what's he, what he's about to say? So you know, we do hear a lot about um, you know, you know, climate change and everything. So. Uh, let me ask you, so what is, in your opinion, what is contributing mostly to climate change? Well, I think the, the predominant influence on, on climate change uh, nowadays is human influence. Um, not only from how we're changing the landscape uh, by building cities and expanding, um, but also from, you know, production of of oil and gas and release of carbon uh, into the atmosphere. Uh, that's a for certain trend that we've seen. I mean, they measure that out in Hawaii on one of the mountaintops and it's, it's been steadily increasing for many years. Um, and, and we can do something about it. I think is the important thing to recognize is that many years ago, we heard all about the ozone holes in the early eighties. Um, because we were using things with uh, chlorofluorocarbons or CFCs. And so hairspray manufacturers, for example, started taking those out of products. And, um, you know, as recently as last year, those holes have sh shrank to, you know, the size of 10% of what they were years ago. 
so we can make a difference uh, moving forward and just trying to curtail our use, explore different types of energy like solar and wind, uh, nuclear energy also is fairly clean, believe it or not. And, uh, you know, so uh, there are ways for us to address it. And uh, I don't think we need to necessarily reduce our our uh, use of fossil fuels, but we need to stop increasing our use at the same rate at which we're evolving as a population. Yeah, that's, I, I like that. Okay, I think you and I need to talk more. Um, but Trisha, I mean, I'm, I'm about to go into the random question unless you have another question, Trisha. Man, I, you know, I, I guess I was just thinking uh, gener generationally, right? Colton, you and I have this discussion a lot, but the millennials, I think, really have this purpose behind things, right? They want the world to be a better place for the next generation. Now, I'm not saying that the rest of us don't because we absolutely do, but we were spending so much time trying to create things and build things and not thinking about the effects, the future effects of things like we do now. And I think that's huge when we talk about the generation gap, right? And the communication that we have with each other. So uh, that was all. I, I just, I think it's really cool what you're doing, Jason. And I love that you're um, bridging the gap like Colton and I do, but in a different way. And you're bringing the statistics that are maybe difficult for some people to understand or even grasp or even have access to, to people uh, like, Colton and I, or someone who can actually use the data, right? And understand it. So that's pretty cool. All right, Colton, I'm going to close he, my eyes. <laughs> okay. And once, once he puts the bridge over the gap, he'll also be able to measure how much water is going to come underneath that bridge. So it's actually pretty, pretty yes. interesting as, as, Jay, as Jason gives me the thumbs up. All right. So Jason, every single podcast, I always ask a off the wall, random question. And if I'm being completely honest, I am really hungry right now. So of course it's going to have to do with food. So I, I, this is a, this is one I've used before, Trisha. It's not bad. Don't worry. Don't freak out, Jason. And you can think about this. If today was your last day on earth. Okay. Right. Last day, what would your final meal be? It doesn't matter how much it costs. Money is, it's not an option. If you can have anything, give me your entree, your side, your drink, whatever it may be. What would it be? Hmm. That's, that's a really good question, but it's really a no, no brainer for me. Um, uh, I want a nice fat ribeye, medium rare, <laughs> baked potato, butter, sour cream, uh, plenty of salt, <laughs> and a good glass of Malbec. <laughs> Love it. Hey, there you and, go. And he's the potatoes <laughs> guy. Yes. <laughs> I hey, love it. He doesn't, okay. he doesn't have to worry about sodium or anything. No, <laughs> it's the last day, man. Load it up. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. So one, well, actually two more serious questions, Jason. So if you don't mind divulging, since our audience cannot see us, what generation are you a part of? Oh, I am part of Generation X. Yes. I told you it was coming, Colton. It was coming. So Jason, do you find that that is the generation that you most identify with, or is there another generation that you identify more with? I definitely identify more with, with Gen X. Um, I think even though I would say uh, some of the uh, millennials and Gen Y folks, um, for example, mainly because they're the folks really leading this data science charge out in the working world. And uh, so you either adapt 
um, and and play ball or you get left on the bench. <laughs> hey, get out of the way. <laughs> oh, that's great. So in closing, Jason, will you or would you mind uh, giving your contact information to our listeners if they happen to have questions or want to follow up with you and you will have to spell everything out for us. I'll also include that in the show notes. Okie doke. So I'm Jason Caldwell. That's C-A-L-D-W-E-L-L. You can reach me at Jason at weatherandwater.com. That's W-E-A-T-H-E-R-A-N-D-W-A-T-E-R.com. And uh, my phone is 303-720-1004. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. Colton, any last words? Man, I, this conversation about water is actually making me thirsty too. So I'm hungry and thirsty now. <laughs> but no, it's really cool, Jason. What you what you do is so unique. I've actually never met a meteorologist before. So uh, I, I think it's awesome. I think you and I need to need to continue this conversation offline. You're I think welcome. That'd be great, Colton. <laughs> so I'll take I'll take credit. You're welcome. (laughs) Anyway, Jason, thank you so much for uh, taking our invitation and bringing such great information to our show today. We really, really appreciate having you on today. Thank you guys for having me and uh, bridge the gap, folks. This concludes this week's podcast. Tune in next week for another exciting episode of Bridge the Gap, Connecting Business Perspectives. Thank you again for tuning into this week's episode of Bridge the Gap, Connecting Business Perspectives. If there's a certain professional or profession that you want to hear from, leave a comment in this week's Facebook post. Please subscribe and share this podcast. Thanks again to our sponsor, Jim Butcher, a relationship banker with Allegiance Bank. Colton Cocker with Sherman McKinley Group LLC is located at 820 South Friendswood Drive, Suite 207, Friendswood, Texas, 77546, phone number 281-992-5698. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, Inc. Member FINRA, Pacific. Sherman McKinley Group is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc.